Hey everyone, it's Tom. We've got a cool little game you can play if you go over to our website, www.talkaroundriad.com. It's a survey pitting two random Wheel of Time characters against each other and asking you to vote which character is more of a main character in the books. The combinations are nearly endless, so keep voting as much as you'd like. We'll reveal the final results in a special episode soon. Remember, vote early, vote often. Sakaran Riyadh. Sakaran Riyadh is my team. <laughs> I think I just realized that we're pronouncing the name of our show differently. What do you Are say? we? You say Talkaran Riyadh? Yeah. I say Talkaran Riyadh. Aran. Is it A-R-O-N? Ron? Like your Ron, Ron Swanson? R-A-H-N. Talkaran Riyadh. Like Ron Swanson or Ron Burgundy? Like Lon, I guess. Like Lon? Oh, get off the show. <laughs> off the show. Talkaran Riyadh doesn't sound right. So if it makes you feel better, we're... We are pronouncing it wrong. It's that's not how it's. Telirian those... Riyadh. Yeah, it's right. Isn't it supposed to be yeah, Telirian Riyadh. Telirian Riyadh. Yeah. Nobody says that though. Yeah, I know. If you can nobody get nobody says uh... that. You hear me? Nobody. <laughs> I bet you you can't even find a, a recording of Robert Jordan saying that. So. <laughs> are you uh, are you both ready? I think so. Tom, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, sure. Welcome Her. to Talk Around Riyadh, the Wheel of Time showcast. I am your host, Joe Perry, here with my co-hosts, Jen Isgro and Tom Kakosa. How are you tonight, Jen? I'm doing great. I think I stepped on your introduction by like a half second. But I am home, back here with all my electronics that work well. Let's cross our fingers that I didn't just jinx it. And I am excited for episode 106 of Talk Around Riyadh. <laughs> Tom, what do you think about that? I think it's interesting how Jen says the name of our show, but I have to say I am uh, I'm excited to do tonight's show. I think it's gonna be a fun show, an interesting show. Uh, not quite the you know devastatingly huge news that we got last week, but there is some big news. I think some exciting news to talk about this week. And for whatever it's worth, I'm also home with all of my electronics, but I was <laughs> last week too, so uh, no great shakes there. How you doing, Joe? I will uh, I'll fit, round that out with I'm also home with all of my electronics. So everyone's we're all home with our electronics. I'm, I'm home with my electronics. I have <laughs> I have my electronics. So it's a it's kind of a special well today's not really a special day but yesterday was a special day. Yesterday was our 2 year anniversary from when we posted our first episode. Happy wow. anniversary guys. Happy anniversary. Yeah, it's been it, does it feel like two years to you, either no. of you? No. 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 Not two years. The first week was like six weeks. And then, no, um, anyway, no, it does. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't feel like two years. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's I crazy. Let's go ahead, Jen. I was going to say, when I scroll back through the episodes, I can't believe like how many different episodes we've done. Like, I know the number, but I just, it just keeps <laughs> yeah, going. There's just so episodes. many episodes. It's, it's, it's a lot of episodes. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I um I broke out the uh the whistle pig for tonight. Oh, the fancy stuff. Got to break out the good stuff for the for the two year anniversary. Oh, so I have I some five dollar Moscato in my cup I've from got, the stop and uh, from stop and I guess next to me I've got uh Macallan twelve year. Oh, next to you? What, what? Wait, what do you mean by next to you? Well, these are just emergency bottles of booze if things get really bad. Uh, 
just I that's don't an know. emergency bottle if things get bad. McAllen, some good stuff there. You got it is, man. I don't I don't go for like the cheap boozes for good times. Well, I know you didn't buy that, so who bought that for you? I don't know, man. It's this is probably like three New Year's ago. Someone brought it over <laughs> as a gift. That's that's pretty awesome. Not for nothing. Friends of the show and uh, last week's guest host Brendan Johnston did mock us quite severely for the fact that we had been doing a podcast about the show for two years, and it took two years to get a trailer for the show. But it did. You so know, two years from when we started to get a trailer, we did not think we were going to have to do. 106 up 100 well i don't know what we're gonna get up to we're probably gonna get up to 115 or 20 episodes before the show comes out but yeah i mean remember we were having conversations when we first started the show and right we were talking about how frequently we should do the show and i was like maybe we should do it every two weeks and you guys were like no let's do it every week and i was like well what happens if we run out of stuff to talk about <laughs> and tom was like we'll never run out of stuff to talk about and you were right tom we didn't we have it, yet. To it was about. it was close i mean don't get me wrong but I was like, there's 14 books. We won't run out of things. This was with me thinking that we would probably get about a year before before the first episode came out, yeah. right? It was just double that. This so, was two years of not really going past the third book. Yes. That's so we a, actually haven't even touched on the last that's a great 11 point. books. We did 106 episodes without really touching <laughs> anything past like the second or third book, right? We tried not to do really anything past that. Because I mean, we, we routinely spoil the last it. books all the time. Wow. But yeah, but we didn't go into deep dive into them. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go into, you know, we didn't deep dive into any characters or things really past the first couple of books. So bravo to us. Cheers. 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 All right. So as we've been starting the last, I don't know how many episodes. Jen, when is it? We got to have an anniversary for what's happening, I guess. Oh, I don't, I don't remember, remember when we first started this. You're going to have to go look that up, Jen, and we're going to have to have a what's happening episode. It's anniversary probably it's around when the when they shut down in like March or so. Is that when they shut oh, down? Oh, that's started right. Again? It was. It was over the summer of last year that I think we started it because there was really no news coming from anywhere. Yeah. So it's probably somewhere around, yeah, somewhere last summer. We probably passed a year anniversary of what's happening. We might have. But they're, they're getting better. They've gotten better since I've started like actually researching things and writing writing stuff down instead of just clicking links and going off the top of my head. So that's the evolution of the podcast. Yes, we're professionals now, right? We'll try. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jen, what is happening this week? Welcome back to what's happening. We start off the segment with a post that just makes me happy. It's a post by friend of the show Jennifer Chan Garcia. And it's a picture of she and Priyanka Bose together again on the streets of Prague. It says, this post comes to you again without the poetry, just the hashtag and ton of love. Hashtag adventures of Chody and Lammy. So I believe the first post she's talking about was an Instagram story, which I did not capture. But if you recall, uh, Jennifer Chan Garcia and Priyanka brought us so much wholesome content when they were filming for the first season. And I'm so glad that they are back together again. So um, Jennifer also posted a pic of her, Priyanka, and Yosha Stradowski with the caption, people I really care about. And she previously posted a story of her and Hamed eating together. So thank you so much, Jennifer Chiang Garcia, Leane Sharif, keeper of the Chronicles and keeper of our hearts. Aww. <laughs> so so I, got a, I got a couple of questions for okay, you. Well, well not, one's not a question. The first one is Adventures of Charity and Lammy. Uh, Hashtag follow that because there's a few different pictures of them going back to that time. Yeah. So if you're interested in seeing pictures of the two of them, follow that hashtag. I want to know, Tom, which one is Chody and which one is Lammy? Well, uh, um, 
<laughs> I don't know. And what do those mean? What is Chody? Well, I know what Chody means to me. And this is getting into a conversation that we had in our Discord server over the past week about different slang terms and different languages. I know what Chody means to me. I'm pretty sure she doesn't mean that. I'm going to guess that Priyanka is Chody. And Jennifer Chair Garcia is, is uh, what was That's the other what one? That's what I thought. Lam- I'm going to agree with you because I just Googled Chody, and according to Wikipedia, it's a religious hairstyle properly known as a Sika and worn by Orthodox, Orthodox Hindus. Mm. All right, well. It's also a term of endearment. Okay. But it uh, could be something Priyanka calls, calls yeah, Jennifer Chair Garcia. That's true. What's the other name again? Lamb. Lamby. Lamb. Like Lamb. Lamb no, like lamb I. with a B. Lamb is spelled with a B. No, no, no. With, with an I at the end, though, is what I'm trying to I'm Oh, I think you were saying lamby. You were really you were going hard well, yeah, on the B, going, like like lamb. I was trying to, so our listeners, if they want to follow the hashtag, they okay. can Like as, as an animal, lamby. And Chody is C-H-O-T-I. Yes. Lamby. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to find that out. We'll have to do some. Jen, you'll have to do some. I'll have to uh, ask her who's, which one's Chody and which ask, one's Lamby. Yeah, who's who. Yeah. But I love seeing the two of them together. Um, they seem to have a great time together. Yes, I'm happy yes. that Jennifer is back in Prague filming. It's actually funny because when you think about when I'm thinking about my breakdown of season one, I don't really think that they had too many scenes together. Seems like they might have only had like that one scene in the tower. I don't know. Unless you see them before they leave Tarvalon. It's something but... that we, I think that we uh, conjectured that there would be some yeah. scene about sending them out. Yeah. It might have been I'm starting filmed. to doubt that, that's, that that happens. If it did happen, it was something that would be filmed in, I guess that's block three, and then just inserted in like block one, right? That's that would a be good a, point. Yeah. If it, if it did happen. They made a connection on the show. Yeah. Well, even though they might have been in like one that they're probably in that whole section of the yeah. scenes in the tower together, and they made a connection. And they yeah, become maybe they made a connection during the read through. That's true. And said, hey, let's better. hang. BFFs. And then they just started hanging every day. I like that story. It's Best a good friends story. Forever, like, I totally can, I want to see a whole side story of Liane and Alana going on adventures together. Maybe after the show's finished. Spin off a spin off show? <laughs> yeah, spin off show. Uh just them picking up dudes. <laughs> That's true. What we could call them yeah. Alane if we put their two names together. Oh, uh, like we want to combine people's like, names. Like, like Benifer. Uh, ben, yeah, there you go. Oh, uh, I'm not sure I like that. <laughs> I'll, I'll work I'll, on it. I'll dwell on it. Uh, what else do we have happening, Jen? Okay, also we have a very interesting tidbit from the Instagram of actor Alexander Kareem. So we're going to talk about this a little bit next, but it was recently announced by friend of the show, John, from What Up, that Alexander was rumored to be playing the OG dragon himself, Luz Theron Not the OG, the OD. The original, what does OG even stand for? Original gangster. Original gangster. Original yeah. gangster dragon. No, he's the original OD, the original dragon. The original, okay. The OD, Louis Theron Telemann. Even though he's not the original, because there's probably been a million dragons before him. Well, in this, there's no in original. this turning of the wheel, he's the OD. Okay. Anyway, Alexander <laughs> posted a slideshow picture with the caption, 16 weeks in Italy condensed into one minute. The Swarm, season one, is wrapped. So just in case anyone wants to know, The Swarm is an upcoming television series due to be released in 2022, which, according to IMDb, is an ecological thriller about the delicate interconnectedness between mankind and Earth. And it's based on the Frank Schatzing bestseller from 2004. So anyway, 
Just okay, wait. I want to stop you. I want to stop, stop you right me. there. Go. Ecological thriller. Yeah. What comes to mind when I hear? First of all, that's just not a good combination. Sounds of like words. the day after tomorrow. Is that what you were going to say? No, no. Uh, I was no, thinking more happening. of the happening. Oh no! <laughs> Which is an awful movie. Really Do bad. not go see the happening, everybody. That's the worst movie Do I've ever seen. Do not go see that movie. Oh. Yeah, it it's is. Bad. It is. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is. It's probably the worst movie the theater ha- experience. The, the, yes. the happening here. Had. Yeah, the happening. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, no, uh, are John Leguizamo. Oh, the happening, yes. Um, that, uh, I can't remember. Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Is that Zoe the girl? Deschanel. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So bad. Uh, yeah. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in yeah. the movie theater, uh-huh. if not the worst. Yeah, the worst. E, I've seen some bad movies, but ecological thriller that doesn't go well together, people. Well, that's what IMDb had, so I'm just ripping that from. Somebody them. needs to rewrite that. You can read the bestseller from Frank Schatzing because it's, I don't remember exactly what language it was written in originally, but it's been translated into many different languages. So Does sure The Birds count as an ecological thriller? The Birds? Nah, no. Yeah, The Birds. I, they, they never explain why The Birds, they give you some theories that it has something to do with the moon and the tides. They never explain why. Ecological thriller, like The Day After Tomorrow, the remake, yeah. that's a good one because it's like, hey, you're killing the earth. You know, that wasn't one a was a good movie, really, either. I didn't see it, but that one is. It wasn't as bad as The Happening, though. That's the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? The Day After Tomorrow? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was, yeah, I was thinking of uh, The Day of the Earth Still, the remake. That was ecological. Oh, of, the first okay. one was like nuclear, and this, the other one was like, you're killing the planet. But yeah, The Day After Tomorrow, a lot, all those, you know. and All those world. ecological thrillers. Yeah. Uh, all right, Jen, so what did Alexander Kareem post? Earthstorm, what's the, what's the one? <laughs> Sorry. Geostorm! I'm sorry, I have to yell it out. All right, just quick. I've mentioned this before on this this show. One of my favorite podcasts, uh, How Did This Get Made? It's a podcast that talks about bad movies, and they did Geostorm. It was a live episode, actually, that they recorded in a, I don't remember where they were, whatever theater they were. And like Geostorm became like a thing where it was just people were just yelling, Geostorm, in the middle of the live recording. So anyway, that's why I yelled it. Go ahead, Jen. Sorry. So on that post, someone asked Alexander, is it true that you are playing Luce Theron in Wheel of Time? Hope so. To which Alexander replied with a thumbs up emoji. So this clearly means that, yes, he will be playing LTT, which means that we will be getting some sort of flashback, whether it's the prologue or just another flashback to his life remains to be seen. But welcome is in order for Alexander Kareem. So welcome to the Wheel of Time cast. Very, very, very excited about this development. Welcome, Alexander. This is this is so exciting. Not even just because he was cast as Luce Theron, but that we are confirmation right. that Luce Theron will appear in season one. Was yeah. it season one? It's definitely season one. According to John's video from What Up. So if you don't follow What Up on YouTube, go follow John. He breaks all kinds of great news. We've talked about him all the time. He's been on the show. He has multiple sources on the show that have confirmed that he is in season one. Huge, huge news. And his sources also confirmed that Kareem was speaking the old tongue in his scenes. Oh, my God. Could the whole prologue be in the old tongue? Oh, that'd be great. Oh, oh my God. Just start it off. Start it off having imaginary language. Yeah. No, that's not we're, a good way to start it off. Grab all, all those viewers and throw them away. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Put a, put a very confusing scene with people speaking a made-up language. 
Yeah, that's how you grab people. I don't know. It worked for the Wheel of Time book series. Oh, I love it. Chopped liver, MK, posted in Discord. You mean the OD is speaking the OT and wielding the OP. <laughs> that's great. Yes, that's perfect. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, welcome, Alexander Kareem. I might as well just talk a little bit more about him. So he is a Swedish-born actor. Uh, he's been in a lot of Swedish television, but he has been in the American show Tyrant on FX. So if anyone has seen that show Tyrant, he's been in that show. Uh, he was also had a small part in the movie Zero Dark Thirty as well. Um, from what I understand and what I've seen around, he's a damn accomplished actor that's got a lot of skills. So I think we should count ourselves lucky to have someone like him playing Luz Theron Telemann. And you know what's funny? If you go to his IMDb page, like they have a picture of him, and then next to him is like a movie clip with a trailer, and it's just Nicolas Cage in the trailer, like on the screen. And then I'm thinking like Nicolas Cage playing Luz Theron would also have been pretty awesome. No way. Yes. Come on. No. Yeah. Nicolas Cage playing <laughs> Luz Theron. You know what? I'm sorry. Now, every time I read the book, I'm picturing Nicolas Cage say every loose there in line of Rand's head. <laughs> you couldn't, oh man, you couldn't put a better person to like add insanity to those insane lines. Yeah, it's great. Probably, he's totally built for it. His insanity is perfect for loose Theron. Before we go a little bit into the loose Theron role, um, there was one other piece of news that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Wattseries.com identified two guest composers on the show. We talked last week about Lauren Balf being the uh, the main composer for the show. It was confirmed by Rafe in the Q&A after the teaser trailer. So I'm just going to quote Watt Series article. Also spotted by our very own Eri, it looks like musicians Tommy Riley and Roddy Hart wrote a song for the show. They revealed this on Twitter and Instagram with Roddy Hart writing, wrote a cool old school song for this epic series with at Tommy Riley. So just a little background on the two of them. The duo together composed the music for the zombie comedy musical Anna and the Apocalypse, uh, the 2019 movie Our Ladies, and three seasons of the Animaniacs revival, for which they won an Emmy. So this is interesting. I want to get your guys' thoughts. I, I mean, a lot of us probably don't know who Tommy Riley and Roddy Hart are. Uh, go check them out. Look them up. Google them. But they're writing an original song for the show. What, what do you think they could be writing? Do you think it's one of the songs like in the books, like one of Robert Jordan's songs and they wrote music to it and maybe fleshed it out? Or do you think it's something? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of, uh, well, Game of Thrones had like the Reigns of Castamir. So it was like somebody wrote, didn't like a band cover that or something at the end of the episode? Oh, I don't it? remember. Somebody, I can't remember whom, but yeah, I think there was like a a modern band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did it after after the Reigns of Castamere yeah. show. It's a Red Wedding show, I think. Yeah. It could be like a Tom song. Yeah, I imagine could, they wrote whatever song Tom's going to sing on the show. Could be Jack of the Shadows. Oh. <laughs> I think they will have Jack of the Shadows on, on, but I hope that you don't hear that song until you get the band, you know? I feel like that's so tied in to Matt and the band. Yeah, I guess. I don't want to hear it ahead of time, and then it's like they appropriate it. I will say this. I've heard one song from Anna and the Apocalypse, right? I heard one song from that, which was good. And I listened to a few songs from the Animaniacs revival, which are which are very good. So if they did either of those, I'm very happy. But none of those songs that I've heard are anything like what I would expect to hear in the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're very poppy like songs. Yeah. So I did a little research into Tommy Riley, and he was on some sort of, I guess, like UK uh, talent show or discovery show, and he had like some song that apparently like gave him popularity, and it was more of like a it's more of an emotional song. It wasn't a very poppy song. So he's clearly written other stuff. So it'll be interesting to hear what what he wrote. And I have a feeling that we're going to be able to tell as soon as we hear it that it was a song written by them. Something tells me that. I don't know where it's coming from, but I just have a feeling. All right. Yeah. All right. So back to Alexander Kareem. So we've got our Loose Theron in season one. So what better topic to talk about than Loose Theron for the show, right? We finally got a new casting. This has been the first significant new casting since... I don't even know. When was the last time we got a significant casting? Uh, when we got Elaine, possibly. Yeah, right? but that's not that's not really a confirmed casting. We usually no. we didn't well, do yeah. an Elaine show. Like the casting in Spain, that wasn't even, yeah, that wasn't confirmed even either. Seen, I'm looking back. I'm trying to look Whereas back. Agamar, I mean Agamar and uh, and Ingtar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We didn't think, do an Agamar and Tar show though, did we? We did Shinar, but we didn't I think do Min. I think Min was our last confirmed, confirmed significant yeah. casting. Maybe. Which was oh Min my and God. Swan were at the same time, weren't they? Were they at the same time? I think well, so. Well that was a long that, time ago. That was a, 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 it was a long time ago. I know, Min but was, was over forty episodes announced? ago. That's the yeah. last time we've got a really significant casting. So this is exciting. We have somebody new to talk about. Somebody <laughs> to fill these two years of podcast episodes. <laughs> so we're going to go right into it. Let's dive into Luce Ther- Theron Telamon. Sure. A.K.A. the Lord of the Morning. A.K.A. the Prince of Dawn. A.K.A. the Dragon. A.K.A. Kinslayer. Um, we don't really get much of a description of him. And what description we do get is from the prologue of Eye of the World. So, Jen, why don't you take it away? I will. This is on the first page of the prologue. Luz Theron Telamon wandered the palace, deftly keeping his balance when the earth heaved. Ilyena, my love, where are you? The edge of his pale gray cloak trailed through blood as he stepped across the body of a woman, her golden-haired beauty marred by the horror of her last moments, her still open eyes frozen in disbelief. Where are you, my wife? Where is everyone hiding? His eyes caught his own reflection in a mirror, hanging askew from bubbled marble. His clothes had been regal once, in gray and scarlet and gold. Now the finely woven cloth, brought by merchants from across the world's sea, was torn and dirty, thick with the same dust that covered his hair and skin. For a moment he fingered the symbol on his cloak, a circle half white and half black, the colors separated by a sinuous line. It meant something, that symbol, but the embroidered circle could not hold his attention long. He gazed at his own image with as much wonder. A tall man, just into his middle years, handsome once, but now with hair already more white than brown, and a face lined by strain and worry, dark eyes that had seen too much. Luz Theron began to chuckle, then threw back his head. His laughter echoed down the lifeless halls. Wow. Yeah. So. He goes hard on that first page. He does. Robert Jordan. Our description of Luz Theron is tall, with brown hair, turning white, and dark eyes. I think Alexander Kareem fits that. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know how tall he is, but he's got the dark hair and the dark eyes, so perfect casting, everybody. <laughs> so I want to hear the naysayers say he doesn't look like Luz Theron because we don't really get any kind of good description of Luz Theron whatsoever. Very open-ended. So there's actually not a lot known about Luz Theron except for some of the actions he's done. 
the very few things I could find besides his description was that he was good at drawing and played the flute. That's about it. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. it, everybody. Good night. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And you'll hear. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what we get about it. He was good at drawing and played the flute. By the way, playing the flute, we get Rand plays the flute. Oh, and he, okay. it's pretty, he picks it up pretty quick and plays pretty well. Yeah. yeah. I feel like most of what we get about him is other people's opinions of him. Right. Yes. And there were people, and they're, and they're usually just people who hated him with a burning passion. Yeah, I don't think we ever meet a person who liked Luce Theron, except for maybe like Arthur Hawkwing and the, and that's not that's like after he was dead. So yeah, I'm trying to remember, <laughs> do we get any? I'm we're, we're jumping way into the future in the books, but do we get any uh, descriptions or anything from Brigida about Luce Theron? No, 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 because right. they really only know him, you know, from the world of dreams anyway, right? For the most part, I mean, Brigida might have been around during. Um, the age of legends and whatnot but uh yeah mostly there's people talking about how much of a how, how much of a jerk he was because he was so mean by being better than them <laughs> yeah i think that seems to be his biggest flaw that he was better than people and maybe he maybe he flouted that i don't know yeah i yeah, mean I you, you get a sense that he definitely had a very large ego it, it seems like he really wasn't good at sharing uh like glory like you know like they say like uh good managers uh, give the credit and take the blame. And it looks like he took a lot of the credit too, because a lot of the people who were his generals underneath him, who working with him on the side of the light, were jealous of him and, and went over to the dark. They felt like, you know, they weren't given the, the glory or credit they deserved. And the end, right? Uh, I mean, we're jumping all over the place. I think there was a sense of hubris about his decision to seal the boar, whether or not the the alternative would have worked. There there definitely was a sense of hubris about that. And, and that, that led to the, Dolores stroke against the, the the male half of the source, right? So I think you could say you could say that we yeah, can go d- there. You know, maybe he had. I'm thinking like he had the personality of like a diva star wide receiver on a football team, like a Steve Smith <laughs> kind of personality like or a, a Terrell Owens. A Terrell Owens. I don't know if he was that whack. <laughs> maybe after after the taint. <laughs> but like. How much of an asshole do you have to be to like literally make people turn become to the dark? Evil? Yeah, to become, become forsaken and serve the dark one just because they hate you so much. You know what I'm thinking of? Like, <laughs> you're right. That takes a lot of like. You're, yeah, uh, you're really a big asshole. We're getting a lot of uh, so we're getting a lot of equivalents in our Discord. So we're getting Scotty Pippen equals Demondred and Luce Theron equals Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting uh, Dennis Rodman equals Balthamel. So we're getting the we're likening Luce Theron and the Forsaken to the Bulls, to the 1990 Bulls. We're getting a Luce Theron <laughs> equals Tom Brady. I like that kind of thing. Tom Brady's probably a good analogy. Yeah. He get you know. Oh, then like. Giselle sorry, is Eliana. Uh, <laughs> Bridget Moynihan is Lance Bridget Moynihan is, is <laughs> I'm liking this. I'm liking this. We're recasting. We're recasting the show. She could be a good land fear. <laughs> There's a scene from, I don't even think I've seen this whole movie, but they did like a Brady Bunch movie and it was kind of like a parody spoof of the Brady Bunch. But, you know, yeah, whatever. I remember. Right. Gary Cole played the dad before Gary Cole was famous as being. Christine Taylor was in it too. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. She played Marsha. So near the end of the movie, they're summing up in a, the, the moral lesson learned. And like what I think Greg gives a little speech about like what they learned and how things are better now. And then Gary Cole is Mike Brady. He goes, thanks, Greg. I couldn't say it better myself, but I'll try. 
And then he goes and he gives like a better speech. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think Luce Theron was. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of what we know of him, right? So he was the first among servants. So what that is, is back in the Age of Legends, he led the Hall of Servants, which was the governing body of the Aes Sedai, right? He also wrote, and I forgot to mention this, mention this before, he wrote critically and publicly acclaimed books. We don't know what these books were or what they were about. Anyone want to make assumptions great. on what these books could have been? About? Great like me. <laughs> uh, Fifty so Shades the, of Grey. Oh. <laughs> Fifty very, shades very popular. Fifty, 50 Shades, shades of, of Lou. Um, so <laughs> when the War of Power began, uh, people turned to the Aes Sedai to protect them. We did a real deep dive into the history uh, before the books and Wheel of Time, so you can go check out those episodes for real deep dives into that. I'm not going to go too much into that. But when the War of Power did, be, did begin, the people turned to the Aes Sedai to protect them, of course. Uh, and Luce Theron was chosen as the leader, and he led not only the humans, but he also led the Ogier and the Aes Sedai in the fight against the Dark One. And remember those Daishan Aiel, they were also led by Luce Theron, but you know they followed the way of the Leafs, so they did not participate in the fighting, um, but they served Luce Theron in all matters that were non-military. Here's a good thing I would like to say about Luce Theron that maybe wasn't so pompous or smug. He did ensure that the Daishan were protected, which is likely why they became known as the people of the dragon. They had a connection, the two of them, Luce Theron and the Daishan. So there's, I guess, maybe that's his sensitive side. If you were doing a biopic on Luce Theron, that would be his humanitarian side, I guess. Did you just say biopic? Yeah, they're doing a biopic. Yeah. It's a biopic. A biopic? It's a biography picture. It sounded good to me, Joe. It's not really. It's not, it's not pronounced it's biopic. biopic. No, that means two eyes. It's a biopic. <laughs> <laughs> biopic. Wait, is they spelled the same? Yeah, it's B I O P I C. Biopic. <laughs> but wait, what's bio? How is biopic? I don't think biopic spelled? is a real word. Biopic isn't a word. No, <laughs> I just pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. Well, I guess What's it's fine. It's fine. Time it pop. sounded right to me. And like we always say, I, here, I can swear I've heard people say a biopic. Though. I'm sure you have heard people say that they are also wrong because it's a but biography. I've heard people like on TV, I thought say that it's a biography <laughs> picture. It's not a by a picture. It's it's not biopic. <laughs> it's bio. I it was a biopic. Oh it's no, a biopic. Wait, biopic. It is. It's a bio. Oh my god, I'm so, 41 years old and I'm learning new things every day. So when you pronounce a word wrong, that means you learned it by reading. So don't be embarrassed. That's but, true. And, it, and it's not an embarrassing thing either. Whatever, I just... so Like I said, it's apropos for Wheel of Time podcast that we, <laughs> that we point out our mispronunciations of things. Right. Even stuff that's not Wheel of Time related. <laughs> so if you remember too, it was Luce Theron's plan defying the Hall of the Tower by directly attacking the board of Seal of the Dark One's prison that led to the male half of the source being tainted. As you mentioned, Tom, I think you mentioned his hubris. Did you mention hubris before? I did I mention hubris, word. yeah. Hubris. Right. He brought this plan, right? There were two plans. Uh, there was the Choden call and Choadon call, however <laughs> you want to pronounce it. This was another <laughs> point of contention on our Discord server recently. There was that plan, but they got uh, the lands that they were held in were captured by the Dark One side. That side was held by um, Latraposi, who was one of the Aes Sedai, who held a lot of sway. And Luce Theron wanted to strike a child ghoul, and she was like, no. Luce Theron said, fuck you, female Aes Sedai. I'm going to take my male buddies, and we're going to go 
uh, have a bromance at the at Shia Ghoul. But I don't think he actually said that. I think he just said like, okay. And no, then that was just quote, went, quote unquote. He said, fuck you, I said, no, I, I don't mean I'm that. I'm going to have a bromance at the Shia Ghoul. I'm pretty I mean, sure I, that's exactly I what he said. I think he just did it behind their backs, right? He yeah, probably came in there like, this him. is what we're going to do. And they were like, no, none of us agree with you. And he was like, being a total asshole. And then, yeah. and then the meeting broke up and he was like, we're just going to fucking go anyway. If we got a great like visual of the scene, I'm picturing like there, everybody's in the hall. I'm picturing kind of like old school, like Roman Senate. And there's right. him and Latraposi are like arguing back and forth. And there's people in the background, like going, hey, hey, oh, harumph, 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 and like cheering each other on. And Luce Theron's like, you're a blah, 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 blah. And he just says, fuck you, I'm out of here. Yeah, I feel like I and said this. Meets. Oh, I'm sorry. I go you ahead. No, go ahead. I feel like I said this when we did the history, but at first I thought maybe if the women had gone, they could have sealed it. And it like two things could have happened. They could have sealed it and everything could have been great. Or both Sidar and Sidine could have gotten tainted. Right. You know, like you don't know if La Traposa made like the right decision or not because it, you know, could have been even worse or really great. But knowing more about Luce Theron, I'm sure he didn't go in there very calmly laying out his plan and trying to make them see his side. I'm sure he came in there like a complete asshole. And that's why she was like, no, I'm not going to fucking you do think what he was he like, said. I'm Luce Theron. You yeah. like, how did to he, me. How did he even he, get to be the leader just because he was the most powerful? The best. He was the he, best he was at everything. The most- he was just awesome at everything. So, and, and people apparently like wanted him to be the leader. It wasn't yeah. like, well, I don't know. We don't know. This, we don't know any of the details, right? Jordan doesn't go into any details about like how he became the leader and his personality wise, but it seems like he was the most powerful and he had a lot of great accomplishments. So I don't know if he was just like that guy who was just awesome at everything. And people were just like, yeah, it makes sense that he's our leader. Or he just like became the more power he got. He just became worse and worse. Yeah, I don't we don't I don't attitude. get that impression yeah, from, I, from what I've read that he was just like power hungry and yeah. No, I just mean like he just became like more full of himself. Not that he was trying to grab more power, but just that like the longer he was in charge and the long you know, he just like became more full of himself. I think in a way like the things you know about, right? Like he was like b- before the war power started, right? Sword fighting came back into vogue for centuries and centuries. He was the best sword fighter. He was like the best athlete. He was the smartest guy. He was good looking. He was the most powerful. He's like the big brother, right? Uh, it's like Galad times 10, right? If Galad was also the best in the one power, like it would be like what mm-hmm. Luce Theron is. It's just annoying. But I do imagine he walks into that meeting with La Chapose and he's playing like that DJ Khalid song, like All I Do Is Win, like just trying to roll up <laughs> saying like, <laughs> by the way, every I'm battle. more comments. But he, yeah, so he sounds more like Tom Brady is what right. we're getting. From. Right. But you just want to punch him in his stupid face. So like And Latraposi was a Jets fan. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody as a Jets fan. It's tough. Maybe she was a Dolphins fan. Maybe she was a Dolphins fan. She's a big Dan Marino Maybe fan. Dan and what Marino are we what are we saying? Like Demon Dread was Dan Marino? <sighs> who would be all right, so if Tom Brady is Luce Theron, who would be Oh, Drew Bledsoe. That's who Demodred is. Drew Bledsoe, right? He was the quarterback <laughs> that got injured. hurt, right? Yeah. See, I could have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Adam Vinatieri, right? That's the, that's the kicker who won yeah, all Adam the... Adam Vinatieri like, is the kicker, yeah. Right? He's the guy who actually won the Super Bowls for them, the first three. Got no credit. You, you guys are losing our audience here. Yeah, sorry, we're losing yes. our audience. <laughs> sorry, sorry people. Talk. We're going into that. 20-year-old so Super Bowl talk. 
Yeah. yeah, so interesting thoughts on uh, how that went down in the hall of the arguments. But anyway, Luce Theron decides, fuck you guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to go take my ball and play somewhere else. He takes all his 100 companions, which is really 113 companions or whatever it was, and goes and uh, goes to Shagul and uh, seals the, the Dark One's prison. So, Jen, that's what I wanted to talk about. So you mentioned about how it could have went two ways, right? So let's say the female Aes Sedai said, you know what? We're going to go with you. This is a good idea. It could have turned out two ways, right? The female half was the one power could have been tainted or they could have... Um, maybe they could have won and that would have been it. They sealed the dark one. So a lot of people speculate that the reason why the uh, the seals on the dark one's prison kind of start degrading over time is the fact that it's only only the male half of the one power was used to seal him. Oh, like so they're tainted? Not even that they're just tainted, but both halves of the one power weren't used to seal him away. So that's why the seals on the prison kind of weaken over time because it was... Only kind of half done. Huh. Well, they lasted a long time. Yeah, they lasted a long time, a couple thousand years. So anyway, our man, Luce Theron, we, we know a little bit about him, or we can surmise a little bit about him from his relationships, as I think we already alluded to, right? Uh, he was reportedly friends with a man named Tel Janin Alisar, who later became known as Samael, who became Luce Theron's best general, but eventually Samael came to hate him, believing he was a better general and deserved command over the forces of the light. He also, I think, at some point in the war, didn't believe that the light could win. So he just decided to go over to the shadow. Is it funny that they really want that third name and it's like very prestigious, but then Mm -hmm. when they pick the forsaken names, they just use one name instead of having that third name? Oh, that's that interesting, Jen. I like that. So why do the Forsaken go from the prestigious three names to one name? Are they incognito? Do people not know who they are? Or I'm they just going wanna, to like, say, have like a cool going to say it's name? a remnant from the first stage, from people like Cher. Madonna. Madonna. OJ. More fitting with the <laughs> Forsaken element of it. Beyonce. Beyonce. It's not like a secret identity, right? Prince. Prince. <laughs> they're throwing away their old identities and they're taking on these new mantles. But like it's public knowledge. Like they're not hiding who they yeah, were. Right. right. So, you know, they're not wearing like a mask or anything. Well, one of them is. But you know. That's a good question, Jen. Why like go from the prestigious three names? Are they just Well actually Moss is saying in chat that yeah, I think Lanfear yeah. picked her own name and the rest of them were given those names because and they and they had meanings. Yeah, they're all like which one's Betrayer like, of Hope? Yeah. I can't right. That's a Shamael. That's a Shamael. But yeah. um Samuel they still was accepted like, it and douche, called themselves that. You know, they wait, what is Samuel talking? I think it's, I think it's whiny douche, if I remember whiny correctly. Douche. Whiny douche. I think that's in the I think that's it's how in the, in the old I think you find that out in the Crown of Swords, yeah. Uh so. <laughs> 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 So we also know that at some point before the drilling of the bore that he was romantically involved with uh, Mirin or Myron or Myarin or Myarin. That was a Mirin. Or, uh, yeah, I, I say Mirin. Myarin, or Eroniel or Eroniali. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not going to keep going. Uh, which was Lanfear. And that Luce Theron broke off their relationship partly because she loved her association with the greatness of Luce Theron more than she loved the man himself. And partly because she saw him as a path to power for herself. Maybe he didn't want her to be as powerful as he was. 
I don't, I don't know. So this is an interesting thing, right? Yeah, Jen, that's, yeah, go with that because this is interesting. This kind of tells us a little bit about him. We know more about Lanfear later on, right? We learn a lot more about Lanfear than we do about Lutheran. So judging by her personality, I think Lutheran was right. Yeah. Like he yes. wasn't being a douche. Yeah, he was like, mm, you know, like every time you come over, you're just looking at my stuff. Yeah, I, I do imagine. Yeah. I, I do imagine it wasn't a nice breakup, though. I really imagine like he was a little bit like, "I'm gonna go, go," and then like he just left. It seems like yeah. there wasn't a sense of finality about it on both ends. If she did care about Luce Theron, she wouldn't be going after Rand because the only thing that's the same about them in the beginning is their power or Rand's potential power, and she knows that that's inside of him and that's what she wants she's not like attracted to it's not they don't look alike they don't have the same personality you know at least when when she first comes across him but she's willing to like play the long game with rand to try to get in with that power again yeah so that kind of makes me think a little bit more or be in a little bit more in the corner of loose theron where he maybe he wasn't such a douche the only good decision loose theron ever made that and marrying Ilyana, I guess. We don't even know. We know literally nothing about Ilyana. No, she we don't. She could have been hair. a total bitch. Yeah, we have no idea about her. There should be a yeah. prequel, like they're all in high school. And then like, <laughs> like, like Ilyana. Yeah, Ilyana's like a total bitch. She's all like the, the cheerleader. Like, yeah, we all like land fears like Daria, you know, and then she becomes hot so at the end. But it's too late. He's already I feel like if anyone's Daria, it's Mogedian. <laughs> I know. Just She's like, uh, I'm just going to give She's All That with the glasses and everything. Huh. I think it's funny. <laughs> all right. So you did mention, though, after Luz Theron broke up and broke it off with Mirren, he did marry Ileana Morrell Dalasar and had children with her. So maybe, so right, I think they talk about how Lanfear was always striving for that third name and couldn't get it. Yeah. Right. And when he married Ileana, who has three names but we literally know nothing about her or why she has three names she must have done something to accomplish that third name which probably infuriated Lanfear. so it is possible that loose theron was like eh, mirin's only got two names and this oh, no, no. chick's <laughs> hot and got three think, names so i'm gonna it's... go for her because she's more accomplished i really do think it's like i want someone who could stand on their own not someone who needs to stand on my shoulders and, and wants to stand on my shoulders Right. This is somebody who's our own woman. And I do know that I think you do know about Ileana that um, she was like tremendously loved by the public for whatever. Like they loved her like, almost like in a Princess Diana kind of a way. And I think they were the ones who named her Sun Hair. Like they gave her that moniker. So I think that there is a sense of like she was somebody who was very accomplished and very, uh, I think, beloved by the populace. I don't get any sense that that was a political marriage. I think that. What happened to Luz Theron killing everyone he ever loved or cared about? I think that indicates that he loved her. I don't think it was political. I think Luz Theron could have been just looking for a little bit of a higher status. Not a higher status, because he was obviously the most powerful man around. But I could see him saying, eh, Mirren's a little beneath me. I need to marry somebody a little bit on my, a little bit more on my level. Do you think that Mirren was always that hot? Or do you think now she just like... Makes herself look hotter. Ooh, that's a good question. Because she lost loose there and is trying to get him back. No, I think I picture uh, her in like the in like the science lab. Oh, I think yeah, she's like she's, uh, <laughs> she's like Denise Richards like in, a, in, in like, James Bond movie. <laughs> no, I was thinking of that. Like a messy hair, 
Just remember that, faces. like, remember that, like, parody Michael Bay movie script. She's the hottest person in the world and the smartest like, scientist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I remember, is it like Megan Fox? Is it, is it like, was it his Ninja Turtles? And she was April O'Neil, and she was also like a mechanic scientist, whatever. Uh, I, I know, yeah, exactly, I know, what, thing, I know yeah. what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> it was some like parody, like of yeah. like a Michael Bay movie, like or just like a little scene. Um, yeah, and it was like a hot, super hot scientist, and she throws off her glasses and takes off her, you know, whatever. She throws off her lab coat and leans over like a a, a car or something like yeah. that. <laughs> some some ridiculousness. I don't even remember what we we're talking about. I've lost my train of thought. Totally. Lanfear. Yeah, that's a good question. So Lanfear, Lanfear's beauty. I feel like from the memories that we get in Rand's mind, and again, we're jumping ahead, that she was always beautiful. Because I think everybody always mentions her as beautiful. Okay. So unless she was using the one power all the time and nobody realized it, which I doubted back in the Age of Legends, I think she was beautiful. So uh, Mickey in our uh, Discord just wrote, in memory of light, Rand reflects on how he had lived 300 years without knowing love until he met Ilyana. That's cold. Oh, that is cold. So his it was purely physical then with yeah, Lanfear, it sounds be. like. Well, she is the most beautiful woman alive. That's true. See, I feel bad for Mirren now. She's my new know. favorite. Oh. She's bad. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Hashtag All right, so- poor Mirren. That's my new hashtag. <laughs> Mirren um, was right. So after the strike at Shalgul, uh, Luce Theron, along with the surviving companions who accompanied him to Shalgul, succumbed to the effects of the taint immediately. In his insanity, he sought out everyone who shared his blood, everyone he loved, and killed them, thereafter earning the most infamous name of Kinslayer. Later, he was visited by Elan Morin Tedranai, a.k.a. the Betrayer of Hope, a.k.a. Ishamael, who used the Dark One's power to heal Luce Theron of his insanity. It was at this moment Luce Theron realized what he had done to his family, seeing their dead bodies scattered throughout his home. In a fit of guilt and grief, he traveled to a remote location and drew in as much of the One Power as he could, destroying himself and creating the large volcanic mountain that would be his grave, Dragon Mount. And... One further effect to the surrounding land, including the raising of a small island in the middle of a nearby river, which would become modern-day Tarvalon. Thus ends the life of Luce Theron. And then he goes to be a hero of the Horn. That's right. He does become a hero. What a wonderful person. He goes right to be a hero. Right after he kills everyone he ever knew and loved. Well, that that wasn't his fault. That was not his fault. Well, not directly his fault. It was not... I mean, it was not, I yeah. mean, let's go back. If you go back a little bit, it was kind of his fault. He made That's a mistake. That's right. It was the wheel's fault. He made a mistake. But <laughs> the mistake was not, oops, I killed them. It was, oops, I did this. Then the dark one took over my mind. So I, I feel like there's a little bit of an extenuating circumstance there. And the, the soul, the soul is pure. The dragon is reborn again and again and again. Yeah. So the fact that it becomes a hero of the horn, doesn't that kind of mean that he was a good person? Yeah. I think for whatever reason, we all got on the same wavelength of bashing the hero of the Second Age. When everyone else despaired, he didn't. Right? He never gave up hope. He always fought. He usually Kept won. Kept on keeping on. 
Yeah, he led the forces of the light against the devil. There was no known war in thousands of years. He learned how to become a master general, right, on the fly while he was saving as many people. And in the end, even though it didn't work out well for him or for a lot of people, he did he did stop the war, right? He sealed up the Dark One for 3,000 years. Yeah, he's probably a little bit too egotistical. and He didn't know how to give credit to his subordinates the right way. And maybe he was bad at breaking up with his exes. But I think overall, <laughs> he's probably a pretty good guy. Uh, we also know that he liked to uh, thumb his ear and hum when he saw pretty girls. Right? That was something that was his and not Rand's. Yeah. That wasn't a good way to end your, your <laughs> well, soliloquy about how I good could, he was. I'm just saying. He was a great guy, but he also liked to hum when pretty women came by. That's okay. I don't think that's bad. Yeah, it's just a thing. I don't know. It's just had a... It, it's not like whistling. It's just like a little thing he does to himself. Yeah, it but. sounds like an old man kind of thing. It does. It's a little skivats. Dirty old man. It's a little skivats. Yeah. Really? It's yeah, a little it's a dirty old man thing. Like if if yeah, if we were hanging out and like a girl walked past and I was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like he'd be oh, like, like uh, dude, yeah, what do you think? I don't know. That's how I picture it at least. Uh-huh. Or maybe it was more like a. Wait to get me some wait. of that. Um, I there's some opinions in the chat that he is might not be a hero of the horn. I thought he was, but what do you guys think now? Was I no? I thought that? he is a hero. Who's saying he's not a hero? He's definitely a hero of the horn. A bunch right? of people. Yeah, I thought well, that he was. I thought that Arthur Hawkwing says it in the Great Hunt. I there, don't have the yeah, quote in front of me, but I think that is canon. I hadn't checked in on that honestly because there was no doubt in my mind on it, but I'm pretty sure it's canon. That Luce Theron, the dragon, is a hero of the horn. It's just that um, Arthur Hawkwing, much like the dragon, is like good to some people and bad to others. And so there are, I guess, there are times where they're spun out against each other. Uh, but sure, but that, see, this is what confuses me about that because mm-hmm. is Luce Theron the hero of the horn? Or is no. Luce Theron's soul from before the hero of the horn? No, Luce Theron is Was not Luce the person- Theron spun out. The dragon as is the a hero. hero of the horn, right? Oh, we're yeah, getting a lot of we're so, getting a lot of conflicting. So, um, saying that he's not a hero, though he's not on this list. That somebody Johnson get the great hunt and so. look at it. Oh, what is this? Um, but I want to get back to this. Might be so, heroes of the horn in the book. You said like, something, Tom, that struck me, and I think that goes back to what Jen said about if Lachapose and the female Aes Sedai join Luce Theron at Strike of Shagul, the two things that could have happened, right? I imagine there's other turnings of the wheel. Where the female Aes Sedai did join the dragon at striking at Shaogul, and both eventualities happening where it turned out really well and they sealed the dark one away, or B, it was a disaster and both the female half and the male half of Saidi, of the one power, sorry, were tainted. So I imagine we get those turnings of the wheel. I'm sure we do, right? Because the wheel just keeps on turning and turning, and we, we're, we're getting every eventuality happening over uh, and every possibility. So it'd be interesting to see those turnings of the wheel. And I guarantee you, I'm sure that did happen at oh, some that's point. Just a, that's a huge mess. There's probably not much left of the world in that one. No, but the Dark One the dark one never wins, though, right? No. Well, no. No, there's times he never where wins, right? he never wins. There's times where he... Where the the forces could lose for an age or whatever, but the dark one never breaks free. That's winning for him. Winning is destroying yeah. the wheel and destroying creation, and he doesn't get to do that. So right? uh, I don't want to get too much into this, but I have to bring it up because you you struck my fancy, Tom. Ooh, 
tickled my fancy. In uh, Lauren Unraveling the Patterns Discord, a while ago he did a video, I think, about like the light and the dark, or I can't remember exactly which video it was. And he posted a comment that somebody talked about the uh, the wheel and then time being linear at one point because like the wheel didn't necessarily exist at the beginning of time. That it's possible that the wheel came along after, like time was linear and then the wheel came along, which made it time circular, as uh, Matthew McConaughey would say, a flat circle. <laughs> but then I thought about this. Right, we hear about how they, the Dark One wants to break the wheel, and Ishmael wants to get out of this turning of the wheel and living these thousand lives over and over again. So, what if time was lin- was linear, then became a wheel, and that is like the prison that everybody's trapped in, and Ishmael and the Dark One wanting to break the wheel or wanting to turn time back into a, into a linear form. All right. So I'll say this. When I first started reading the books, like first started reading them, I thought that that was the way the end was going to go. I thought that Rand was going to figure out the only way to win was to uh, was to break the wheel of time and to create linear time. And that would be the only way to stop the cycle of, you know, this constant battle. And obviously that's not what it is. And I think that I think that the cosmology and I'm not a, a hyper expert in this by any stretch, but I think the cosmology of, of of the wheel of time is pretty concrete. That the wheel and the pattern were that's creation, and at creation, dark ones imprisoned. And I think before that, there was nothing, no, no time. This is just a different a different way of like the universe being built. I think I don't think there was a time before the wheel, and I think in this world, there's the only time after the wheel is if the dark one wins. So I I take your theory and I throw it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, you just threw it to the ground. I'm sorry. It's well, an interesting. I'm just, it is an interesting, it's an interesting theory. theory, though. Maybe the Dark One is trying to save people from this circular pattern. This is like we, we can talk about the Matrix and the pattern, right? And destiny and how Neo's trying to break destiny because destiny's bad and we, we don't want destiny. So that's almost like a similar metaphor where break the wheel, there's no more circular time, and time becomes linear, which isn't really bad. So the so dark, maybe the one's dark good. one isn't so bad. Maybe Ashamael isn't really a bad guy. Maybe he's just trying to break out of this. Maybe yeah. maybe Ashamael is Bill Murray in Groundhog's Day. <laughs> so Ashamael and Lanfear are both pretty good after this episode. Yes. They really they had some good points. Luce Theron is the architect. No, well, the creator is the architect of the Matrix. Luce Theron is Agent Smith. Yeah. And Ashamael is Neo. And there we go. And Tom's, Tom's making a face of power. Trinity. No, I don't know. Trinity. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Morpheus. Demandred. So anyway, <laughs> the TV show. Let's tie this back into the TV show. What? We know we've got Luce Theron cast in season one. Fine. What are your predictions of what we're going to get of season one of Luce Theron? How much are we going to get of him? How are they going to use him? Are we going to get the prologue? What's going on? I want your predictions. Your thoughts. I don't think we're going to get a lot of Luce Theron. Maybe like one scene. What will he do in this scene, John? I don't know. Like the prologue is really the only thing that makes sense because unless they start talking about Luce Theron and, well, I guess they they do talk about him a little in the first book, right? But not the fact that like Rand is the drag. Like, I don't know. It's just confusing. Like, I don't know how you would see Luce Theron and have any idea what it is unless you're seeing the prologue. But it's interesting to think about them bring like us seeing something. I'd actually like to see something else that's not the prologue. But 
I don't know how they're going to fit it in. I'm interested to see how they do that. I am completely stealing my idea from somebody else, and I can't remember who it is, and I really uh-huh. apologize because I do like to give credit. And this is not my thought, but I think it's such a great way to do it that in every episode, you get a little bit of the prologue. In the last episode, you see the end of the prologue and those seeds. Like, you don't, it's kind of like you don't know what, what's happening, where this is, what's like, what's going on. It's just some other stuff that's happening. And in the last episode, you see the end and you realize that that's the dragon. And then you see uh, Rand. And like, it's kind of like, uh, oh, 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 like that sort of a thing. And I think oh, it's a pretty you, cool idea. Do you mean it like this the whole time? It's like, this guy's the dragon. Is that what no, you, what no, you no. Like uh, the whole time, like you're gonna you have an episode and they're gonna cut to the white cloaks and they're gonna cut to the Aes Sedai and they're gonna cut to this yeah. weird guy having a fight with somebody else in a language you can't understand and there's subtitles and you don't know what they're talking about exactly and you get a sense of like something bad happened and like every episode you get more and more of it and then it ends and you see like he makes dragon mount or whatever and like, like oh this is all in the past that's the dragon I get it yeah. now and then like that scene ends and it cuts to like rand doing whatever yeah. he does at the end of the episode you're like oh uh, oh, oh got it i, I got it. i think it would be cool if they do that but you know that he's the dragon and the whole time you're like thinking like oh, oh that- lorraine's wrong this other guy's the dragon this other guy in this totally separate storyline and then yeah. at the end you find out like oh that guy was that's the, that's the, the dragon. other dragon now that's- we have the dragon reborn like, <laughs> right, like right. He's the dragon. He's yeah. the OD. Yeah, he's the he's OD. The OD. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this right a while ago when we talked about how they worked if they worked the prologue into it, right? Because Rafe, I think, said in a Q and A, people asked him about the prologue. Will we see the prologue? And he said yes. He said something like yes, but not in the way that it is in the books. Like there will be elements of the prologue. So I'm thinking on the lines of what you said, Tom, and MK's pointing out in chat that it's something that yeah. she had posed. I will a give credit to ago. MK because she's awesome, and I think that it was her. So there you yeah. go. Um, that we might see sprinkles of flashbacks throughout the episodes, and it'll be pieces and bits of the prologue in there. We could also just see flashbacks. It could just be flashbacks. It could be somebody talking about the Maybe it's Moraine. Maybe it's Loyal talking about the dragon. And then they're show, like telling the story of like what happened, and we're just seeing the flashbacks of it. There's two things I would say about that, right? I, I heard someone talking about that aspect before, and I, I find it, if in the first season of the show, when a show's beginning, you establish as f- that flashbacks are a narrative device that exists in the show, then you need to have flashbacks in every season. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. You're changing like the narrative structure of how you deliver the show. And I don't know if that works as seasons go on. So I don't like flashbacks. I do like a scene and I don't mind like a story and you see what's happening in the story. But I think that if it's a story and then you just see what's like being narrated that you wouldn't necessarily hear him talk in the old tongue because it would be somebody else talking, telling him what happened. Right. Okay. Right. If Tom's telling a story, you're going to hear Tom's narration. You're not going to hear like the, the dialogue. Then my one here, like, uh, like they said, Alexander Kareem speaking in the old tongue was on the set. Right, right. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be his, the entire time he's there. He was speaking in the old tongue, right? Maybe he was just doing it himself. Just, like, maybe he just said like, something in the old tongue. <laughs> well, it could be one of those things where, like, Tom's telling the story and then it, like, does, like, you know, a, a swirly fade oh, into, yeah, into the actual actors and characters playing it out. 
I I do like the idea though of like sprinkling in the prologue throughout the series. Maybe in the beginning of each episode, you see a, a couple of scenes of the prologue, and you're confused as to what the fuck's going on until, like you said, Tom, the end where it kind of comes together, especially with the forming of Dragon Mount. And there's probably some sort of exposition going on during the season that connects the two together. It'll be interesting though to find out how they use it. Um, I'm very excited though that we're going to get loose Theron. I mean, we kind of forgot about that. Rafe did say that he was putting it into the story. We just kind of forgot about it. And we're like, eh, we don't know if we're going to get it. But now we've got confirmation. We've got Loose Theron in season one. Maybe in the next trailer, we'll get some Loose Theron. Hmm. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Any I, last... I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Ahead, I, I was a delayed reaction for me. I think that as awesome and 10 million views as of right now uh, that trailer's gotten just a uh, the one that, that's not including the views that uh, it's gotten in different languages, like right the Indian trailer I think had. Oh, it's like at nine million views yeah, the other day. Yeah, while we were still at like six or seven. So yeah, the trailer is just racking up views. Awesome, but I would say that what people are looking for, fans of the books at least, are looking for in trailer two is a little bit more narrative structure. So that may include a loose Theron appearance as they explain the dragon. Isn't it kind of ironic that fans of the books are looking for a trailer that explains more of the narrative? <laughs> I think and, and you know we brought we brought a friend of the show, Brenda Johnson on last week to kind of talk about that. And that's his, what he's gonna be doing the whole course of the first season, right? Is to give that non-book reader perspective. And I think you know he, he didn't care. He explicitly yeah. said he didn't want to see a second trailer that gave more of the narrative. He wanted to see this show because it was so intriguing not knowing exactly what the plot was. Yeah, yeah. So, he said, I'm I'm in it for the first few episodes. Yeah. So, so that's an interesting thing. All the book readers are saying, we need more narrative in the second trailer. People who know the story want to see more narrative. Right. But Whereas, we, we want to know how they change the narrative. Yes, that's... I think we just <laughs> he doesn't want, care because he doesn't know any narrative. We want to see what the new narrative is and if it's close to the original oh, man. narrative. Oh, is giving us a great idea. Next week on Talk Around Riyadh, random street reactions to the trailer. Oh my God, I'd love to walk around like Times Square and just like <laughs> stick, stick a microphone in people's faces. Yeah, do it. That means I have to go all the way to Times Square. So you go to work one time a week? I'll do it. No. I'll do it when we uh, when I have to go back to the office. <laughs> Any last thoughts you guys, you guys wanted to bring up on the topic of Luz Theron Telemann? I wanted to give a couple of little things, right? I was looking up some research just on like inspirations for Luz Theron. And obviously there's a lot of stuff you talked about it, Joe, with the Roman Empire and like, you know, Julius Caesar. And, yeah, he's and, got a Caesar kind of characteristic too. Right. And, and, you know, Marcus Aurelius. They had a lot of like, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Hold on. I have it here somewhere. Pompey? No. Um, another Roman guy was the last king of Rome and I can't think of his name, whatever it was. To me, though, the most prominent... Trajan parallel to Louis Theron is Lucifer, right? Lord of the morning, the morning star, <laughs> right? He falls into darkness the same kind of way. And Louis Theron, in my mind, the thing that, that the, the name that that most calls to mind is the Lucifer name, right? So, and I wanted to kind of play off of that, right? Because Lucifer is the right, is the, the, the highest angel, the right hand man to God, you know, right hand angel to God, I guess. And then much like all of Louis Theron's compadres, right? Lucifer is guilty of the same thing, of jealousy, Right and pride, and then he falls into darkness as a result. Right, which is what happens to Demandred and Samael. Right, and you know again and again to uh, lose Theron's compatriots. So I think that that's an interesting parallel. I just wanted to bring that up uh, because unlike Lucifer, at least so far, Luce Theron does, I guess, eventually get redeemed in his reborn soul. That those are my last last thoughts. 
Wonderful last thoughts, Tom. Thank you. Loose Theron is Lucifer. We'd like to hear everybody else's feedback on that. Interesting. Well, that's the thing. So (laughs) I think, right, you know, part of this, you know, legend becomes myth, right? All that stuff, right? That Loose Theron, you know, turns into the story of Lucifer and it gets mixed up with all the rest of the Forsaken, etc. But Rand is, you know, Rand is Jesus. Rand is the second chance, right? He's the second. Right. So I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Rand is Jesus. Let's wrap it up here. Do we have any new patrons to thank? We do. We have one patron joining the company of Chelvanin, Ryan Mason. Thank you very much for your support. Thank you to all of our patrons. We love you very much. Thanks, Ryan. We love you as much as Lanfear loved Luz Theron. Power. That's right. We Uh, might be coming for you. We love the power you give us. Thank you. (laughs) We might be coming for you if we see see any of us knocking at your door or peering through your window (laughs) or uh, boiling your leather jacket. What? What? Boiling your rabbit? Is that what you think? No, no. There was a parody, though, of it. And it was boiling a leather jacket. Was it? Oh, my God. Was it? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what show it was. Like Naked Gun or something? No, I don't remember. Does any Somebody save me. It was a parody of uh, uh, Fatal Attraction. Instead of a boiling the rabbit, they were boiling a leather jacket. Something tells me Saved by the Bell, but I think I might be what? wrong. I anyway, know, man. Yeah, I want to remind everyone to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also join us over in Discord to continue the conversation there. Rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And also check out our merchandise and Patreon pages to support us that way. Links to all the aforementioned information is included in the show notes of this episode. We are getting closer and closer to, I was going to say D-Day. What should we call the release of the show? Do we need like a nickname for it? I'm not going to think of it now, but yes, we do. All right. Well, we're getting closer and closer to the release date. It's very exciting. We're very excited. So yeah. Any last words? No. All right. So thanks everyone for listening and you'll hear us next time.